Hello and welcome to Too Much of Not Enough, a Silverchair podcast. My name is Daniel Hedger and I am making a podcast about the Australian band Silverchair. Why? Well, they're one of the biggest bands Australia has ever produced, and yet they broke up just before the real social media age hit us. So there are no podcasts about them. It's actually quite hard to find a lot of information or analysis about their work. Their official site gets updated once every 18 months or so, but it runs on Flash, so it's completely not user-friendly in the year 2020. So I am drawing on my 20 plus years of listening to them, my own memories, and some invaluable research texts to bring you a recap of each of their albums using as much music and archival tape as I can use under fair use copyright. Too Much of Not Enough, a Silverchair podcast. Coming soon. Subscribe now from wherever you get your podcasts. Here's a sneak preview. We've got to ask you if you want to have a question of the silver chair. Have you got hair on your balls yet? What do you think of all the teeny bop fans you've got? Um, I always like to ask silver chair if like, it bothers them that they have like young fans, like 10 or 12 year olds. We don't care how old people are, really. Yeah, they could be um, three years old to 86 years old. We wouldn't care. What about if they're 87? I think not. Shut up. So like I said, I'm five years younger than the members of Silverchair, so I was 10 when I first heard the Tomorrow EP. I think a friend's sister had the EP on a CD and taped it for me onto a cassette, and I basically wore that tape out. That's a pretty formative age to discover a band like Silverchair, and like people say about the Harry Potter books, I grew up with the members of Silverchair and saw them grow musically. They lost some fans along the way, but picked up others. In short, they went from a pretty good teen rock band to genuine artists making exciting music. I can't overstate how big Silverchair was in this era in Australia after that one recording, and how that kind of messed with them moving forward. The song was all over the radio, it was number 5 on Triple J's Hottest 100, they were offered a spot on the Big Day Out Music Festival, all before their first album. So I know I'm spending a lot of time on just this first Tomorrow EP, but I really want to impress on people how important that first single was and how it seems that for the rest of their career, they were trying to escape that early success. It was literally the first thing they'd ever recorded that wasn't a demo and it became the number one single in the country. So you can understand why they might not have been comfortable with that success and being pigeonholed as that band. I don't know about you, but the band that I was in when I was 15 was not the band I would have wanted to define me. Um, what's that song about? Um, growing up. Mm-hmm. And you know how it grows? Yeah, that's what it... We don't like that song very much. Mm. How come? Because <laughs> it was written a long time ago. You feel like you've outgrown it? Huh? Yeah, we're kind of sick of it. That's Daniel on Canada's Much Music, barely talking to the interviewer about how he doesn't like a song on the album he's there to promote. I mean, look up some interviews from around this time, Any media appearance the band made was as if it was under duress, kids sent to the principal's office made to account for themselves. And there was definitely some imposter syndrome going on. The band didn't know why they were suddenly in the spotlight any more than the interviewers and reviewers did who thought they were ungrateful kids. 
They were just a band who wanted to play music and not deal with any of this stuff. But now there was a whole apparatus built up around them. Tours, media appearances, contracts, and your schoolmates and national media cutting you down as tall poppies for rising above your station. Would you have handled that at 15? Everyone goes through an awkward phase in their teen years. It just happened that the members of Silverchair had to go through all that in the public eye. Not just literally growing up and becoming an adult, but musically growing up. Being told you were a flash in the pan just because you'd started a serious band early in your life. Some of the lyrics on Frogstomp, and I'm thinking of Cicada again, growing up is like a civil war, get at the struggle to communicate as a young person. Something that I remember being struck by as a 10 or 11 year old hearing this album for the first time. Growing up is like a civil war, especially when you're doing it in the spotlight and not able to articulate how you feel and only able to express yourself through, you know, playing music. Too Much of Not Enough, a Silverchair podcast. Coming soon. Subscribe now from wherever you get your podcasts.